Alright, so with that, hi and welcome to After the Hype. I'm your host as always, Brian Dressel. With me as always, it's Jonathan Hardesy. Hi. Ryan James. Yes, I am. <laughs> and Chewy Darso. Hi. <laughs> oh, wow. That sounded great. <laughs> Somebody got their a late start on breakfast. Yeah. <laughs> that sounded like a bagel with some uh, tomato and salmon on top. Yeah. <laughs> maybe a couple capers, maybe yeah. an onion. Our postmate was late, and I was adjusting this room for you. Oh, that sounds so gross. <laughs> Welcome to the Wacky yeah. Cast. <laughs> uh, special guest today, uh, coming on for our special two-parter episode, All Turtles All the Time, is Elliot Campos from Superhero Sampler. Hi, Elliot. Hey, thanks. <laughs> now, don't get him excited. We don't have two Turtles episodes. That's Elliot's true. having a turtle episode. That's very true. So you can listen to us today on Thursday, where we're doing the 2007 TMNT movie where I think some people around the table liked it, some might not have. We're going to get into that. And then tomorrow, right? Yes. Tomorrow you can tune to Superhero Sampler and we're going to be doing, uh, I'll let Elliot introduce his own show. We will be doing the 2012 Nickelodeon Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles series, specifically the episode Invasion of the Squirrelanoids. Yeah. I love that episode. It's so great. <laughs> Let's just talk about that. We'll just ruin Elliot's episode. Yep. Let's do it. <laughs> we're taking over. Let's blow the load. Let's do it. <laughs> It's good for crossovers when you do everything interesting in the first part, and then yeah. the second is just, like, time killer. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. Oh, we got 40 more minutes? Ooh. And then I believe either on this Thursday or next Thursday, you can also catch me on an episode of But That's Just My Opinion, uh, where I talk all things Power Rangers with a friend of the show, Matt Lantrip. That's just your opinion. Oh, yeah. It, it was 100% my opinion, and it was... Uh, it was good. I liked it. I so got to bitch about Power Rangers for a solid hour. That's I always love doing that because everyone else usually just kind of interrupts me and tells me to stop talking about Power Rangers. Yeah, which I think Chewie's about to do. No, I was gonna. <laughs> the time is gone now. Was, you said it was your opinion, so I'm like, so it was the whole time of you being right. But. Oh yeah. Well, that's everything, isn't it? Don't correct me because I'm right. Anyhow, actually, <laughs> Brian, did it just get colder in this room? <laughs> oh, I wish. Those are the ice daggers. <laughs> uh. <clears throat> so we're going to do a quick plug section. You can follow us on uh, Facebook at After the Hype and Twitter at ATH underscore podcast. Everywhere else on the internet at uh, ATH podcast. And you can email us if you'd like to reach out to us in a nice anonymous way at ATH podcast at gmail.com. Uh, and we're always excited to hear from you and we'll hit you back usually pretty quick because there's four of us who can check the email account. So. Physically hit you back. Yeah. Who knows who you'll get an email back from, but that's part of the joy. We, won't tell, you, we unless, won't tell you. Yeah, we won't tell you who it is. Or if I say something mean, I'll sign it as Ryan. Um. <laughs> Actually, we'll probably all sign it as Ryan. They can't tell the difference. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then, Elliot, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at Escape ELL. Also, listen to the podcast Superhero Sampler and Beyond School. Cool, cool, cool. Uh, let's get started with a Where Have You Been Doing? And as I've been doing lately, because it's more fun this way, I'm going to let the guests go first. Elliot, where have you been doing? Same old, same old, sitting around watching movies. The best one I've seen recently is called The Wages of Fear. Have any of you guys seen that? I have not. Nope. Classic film from the 50s. It is a foreign film available via the Criterion Collection. It is a nail-biting thriller about these tough guys who have to drive these trucks through the jungle that are loaded with jars of nitroglycerin. And it's a situation where they can't go too fast because they'll hit bumps 
the jars will jostle and explode and they can't drive too slow because the sun will heat the jars. They'll get overheated and explode. So it's very, very tense. The kind of hold your breath suspense that I love so much. And the one thing I would warn is that the first act is very slow to get going because it's 1950s foreign film. So it's just about atmosphere of this small town, introducing characters in a very laconic fashion. But once it gets going, it is just like edge of your seat stuff. And it's really great to see that kind of thing in a 1950s movie. You know, it's like the thrill of watching a great Hitchcock movie. Did they remake that? It sounds really familiar. Yes. William Friedkin remade it in the 70s as Sorcerer. That's right. Okay. uh, Roy Scheider. I've seen that. I've not seen the original. Is Sorcerer good? Uh, It was all right. Yeah, so... It wasn't good enough for make, to make me go, I wonder where this came from. I just kind of saw it and then forgot about it, so you just mentioned it. Well, that's Friedkin's fault. Yeah. <laughs> what did he ever do? Chewy, where have you been doing? Last night, we went to a burlesque show that was Steven Spielberg-themed. That was a lot of fun. It was. Uh, had a very good time. Saw our friend uh, who da- is Leggy Last Greenleaf. Very popular burlesque dancer around L.A., um, A.K.A. Um, Denine Melody, who's been on our show. She has been on our show. She was yeah. on our 90s battle. I would say my favorite act was actually the girl who did Data from Goonies. She was fantastic. Uh, she did a hip-hop rendition. And she was fantastic. And it was quite enjoyable. Ryan, what about you? Where have you been doing? Um, based on a suggestion by um, Josh Russell, old friend of the show, uh, I watched something on Netflix called Ooh. Documentary Now. It's oh, a, we know people. One of my good, not good friends, but a friend worked on that. She did production design. Oh, it was amazing. It's yeah. this, um, a mockumentary show originally on IFC uh, put together by Bill Hader and uh, Fred Armisen. It's kind of a spoof of all the popular forms of documentary. So they have like a Thin Blue Line episode. They have a Pablo Escobar, Escobar episode. And they just kind of go through and lampoon uh, all the different popular documentaries in a really funny way. I <coughs> recommend anyone listen to it. I mean, uh, watch it. I'll just listen. Uh, it's pretty great to listen to uh, alone. Sometimes I would get distracted and be on my computer and just listen. But uh, it's great to watch, too. John, what about you? What have you been doing? Uh, nothing too exciting. Just uh, some more Pokemon Go. Got back into that since I work near a bunch of Pokestops. And it's just like no effort to actually play. So it's pretty cool. And then I'm still doing Elder Scrolls Online. Just got to level 20. So yeah, not that exciting, but I'm having fun. So. Yeah, I've seen you post a few times, like, hey, people should buy this game and come play with me. And I'm yeah, like, yeah. Mm, nope. <laughs> it's, it's, it's very much an MMO, though. So if, if you're not into MMOs, you're not going to like it at all. Yeah, uh, that's why I never picked it up. No. It's just not for me. Yeah. Elder Scrolls already walks that line kind of close. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah. Brian had me watch the Superhero Cafe episode where uh, Superman is obsessed with Pokemon Go. <laughs> it was pretty great. Yeah, it was pretty fantastic. Um, so my where have you been doing? Uh, I finally after way too long of time finished uh, ash versus evil dead uh, i'd watched like the first four or five episodes and then just for whatever reason not because i didn't like it i just stopped watching it i just kind of fell out of touch with it and then i've been seeing ads for the second season decided to watch the rest of it and it got better like i actually think the show got better as it went along it got really good once they get to the cabin from evil dead and mm-hmm. it's been like the last it three episodes so much there. better and then suddenly it kind of feels like Evil Dead again. Not that it didn't before, because it still kind of felt like Ash, but it felt more like Army of Darkness than mm-hmm. Evil Dead throughout most of the show. Gotcha. And in the very end, it feels very much Evil Dead, because we're in the cabin. It's a lot of fun. Um, 
Some of the acting kind of goes out the window at the end. I'm not sure if it's because they kind of ran out of money because they put all their money into special effects, and I'm not sure if they had enough time to do multiple takes with some of the actors or whatnot. Hmm. Um, Maybe but, reshoots. Yeah, it could be something like that. Overall, I think it's definitely worth your time. I know there's some kind of little too chauvinistic masculine bullshit stuff in the beginning mm. um but that stuff kind of weeds itself out as the show goes along yeah. um yeah i think we should get started everybody cool. ready yeah let's do it talk let's, some turtles let's do this turtle turtle, uh, turtle turtle this is our fourth episode on ninja <laughs> turtles i think it is yeah do we, do we <laughs> like turtles i i think we might be fans uh yeah. oh yeah yeah i i think that's a big possibility <laughs> Uh, yeah, so today's episode is on the 2007 TMNT animated film, uh, which John and I have mentioned many times on the show that we're both big fans of, yeah. and uh, it's always fun showing it to other people to see the very, very wide array of reactions of, yeah, you're right, that's awesome, to, why did I just watch that? Like, that <laughs> was just kind of boring. <laughs> um, yep. And yeah, so I'm excited to talk about it today because I think we kind of have that exact kind of polarizing thing around the table, which would be kind of cool to see mm-hmm. how it all works out. Uh, so just really quick, I'm going to kind of skip the review today because it's there. None, nobody wrote a funny one. So I blame you. Uh, the listener. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, not me. Oh. The listener who's definitely not listening today. I blame that guy. Uh, what a jerk. He's a dick, that guy. Uh, uh, so the movie costs $34 million, which I think for $34 million, the animation's pretty fucking great. Hmm. Um, especially 2007, the entire rooftop Leonardo Raphael scene is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it made $54 million, and then overseas made another forty-one, so it ended up at uh, $95 million, but still didn't get a sequel, which I thought was surprising since it tripled its budget. Uh, I thought maybe they thought it was going to just make that much more, mm-hmm. but... Oh, well, it's kind of too bad because there's a big tease at the end of it for Shredder. And it would have been kind of cool to see what they would have done with him. But wasn't oh. the whole like property two kind of in a weird transition? Phase yeah. Two? At the same like time, it, yeah. like rights and different chant, like different. There was like two different iterations of a show, too. Yeah. Right, right around the same time. Yeah. Everything was kind of a mess at that yeah. point. And this was before the comic had come out and really gotten popular again. So it was kind of a it was a weird kind of sad time for Turtles fans. And this one very strange going for kind of a niche audience movie came out <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh it didn't do bad. It just didn't do as well as I think they thought it was going to. Um, but we need to get started with a breakdown, breakdown, breakdown. Coming to you today from Elliot Campos. Elliot, you excited to do a breakdown? Am I ever? <laughs> God, <laughs> usually our breakdowns come with a courtesy of a dead, naked corpse in the background. Today we have a sassy bear. <laughs> and if you like, if you like sassy bear and want to see more of him, email podcast at gmail Do you want more sassy bear? We will bring sassy bear to every episode. Sassy bear should do the breakdown next time. I do that on purpose. He naturally put his arm up like that. Yeah, because he's a sassy bear. Sometimes he wears a lampshade on his head. He's a crazy sassy bear. He's a crazy. All right, Elliot, you ready to go? Yes. All right. Three, two, one. Go, 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 go. The Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles are a fractured family as the film begins, but they have to put aside their differences and learn to work together as this centuries-old warlord king guy voiced by Patrick Stewart comes to the fore with this army of statue guys and there are all these monsters rampaging and there's also this clan of ninjas led by this ninja warrior lady and kevin smith has a cameo as a diner cook (laughs) i guess that's a success i I feel like you were very not excited about this (laughs) what gave that away was the ed kevin smith has a cameo as a diner cook (laughs) this is the best part of the movie it's his best part of the movie (laughs) 
For me, it was when you said bunch of ninjas instead of the Foot Clan. I'm not going to articulate to that extent. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's too bad. I thought the Foot Clan is one of the things the movie does really, really well. But, you know, whatever. You're welcome to your wrong opinion. Uh, he hasn't <laughs> even given it yet. We're inflecting. That's true. <laughs> We're really reading into I this. I don't know who's judging me more, the sassy bear or you guys. <laughs> it's definitely the sassy bear. <laughs> I think he really just wanted to make sure he got it done in 30 seconds so he could insult you. Yeah, I guess that's true. So if you want to get that insult out my way, you are welcome to at this time. I'm good. <laughs> that's his insult. He's better than you. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> that's actually a pretty damn good insult. Yeah. Turn the other uh, shell. I. <laughs> it's such a strong it's insult. It's my favorite just, quote from the movie. You just took it. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. Let's get started on this movie. Uh I, I kind of want to talk about like we we kind of touched on a little bit in the uh, before the breakdown of like mm-hmm. just the climate of the movie, but mm-hmm. uh, I kind of want to talk about the hype of this thing because there was really none, mm-hmm. right? Uh, which was like I remember when the first trailer came out and everyone just kind of went that looks shitty. When was this released? Two thousand seven. In the year. Uh, in the year it was. Um, I want to say early. I want to say like March. Okay. I, I don't remember exactly. It's not. Um, it wasn't a big summer movie. It no, was kind no, no, of, no, 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 no. <clears throat> Feels like maybe closer to the beginning of the year, maybe. Yeah, I, I don't remember exactly when. It's not on here, uh, at least that I can see. I no, yeah, March. Yeah, March twenty yeah. third. Uh, but yeah, I, I just remember no one being excited about it, and it wasn't like when they did the new Paramount one, where they released the image of the turtles, and everyone just exploded with, "What the fuck is that? Those don't look like turtles. They're monsters. Why is Shrek in a Ninja Turtle movie?" Well, yeah, because this one was kind of fine. Yeah, it, there's nothing to complain about. But let me ask you, because I. Ninja Turtles were kind of off my radar. As a little kid, I loved them. I had all the action figures. I watched that cartoon that we grew up with. Uh, I saw the three movies that came out, and then I was like, "Okay, I'm an adult, and I don't like to pay attention to turtles anymore." That's and then so I, sad. I talked to uh, younger people who talk about the one with the girl turtle in it, like that oh. was Next oh. mutation. That was terrible. That was a cartoon. No, it was live action. Live action. Was live action. Yeah. They gave live her action. boobs. Show or movie? So weird. TV uh, show. TV show. TV show. They did do Fox cro- Kids after yeah. school. They did do a crossover with Power Rangers, which was awesome. When Power was, Rangers uh, in space. That's right. What era was that? What do you mean, era? Early 2000s? Uh, it's like late 90s. Late, late 90s. Late 90s, like early 90, 2000s. 98, 99. And then what happened? Was there a, Was this before any reboots of the show, this 2007 movie? No, the uh, this was after the second cartoon, the one where okay. they all look like super muscly and uh-huh. have super long bandanas. Uh-huh. I this never watched that. that one. It was actually pretty good. It was good, yeah. I rented a VHS tape of it one time, and it was Turtles in Space. Yeah. And I was like, great. And it was like four episodes strung together, and it didn't even conclude on that tape. <laughs> Because the wow. storyline was so long. <laughs> so it was just like, I spent all that time watching it and didn't even conclude in that tape. And it's like, I'm not even going to go back to the store <laughs> to get another one. Forget it. This is it. Like, you blew it. I, I enjoyed the show for what it was. But that was, I never felt the need to watch that one, like, religiously. Yeah. I, I uh, think this movie kind of fell into this realm of, like, too soon for to hit the nostalgia wave of our generation right. who's now having kids and showing their kids Ninja yep. Turtles. Yep. And while we were, like, in, uh, just out of uh, high school and college and we're, like, trying to do some life stuff. So we're not caught up in our own nostalgia and just kids stopped caring. So I think that was kind of where this movie fell flat. Yeah, it just kind of landed at the wrong time. Yeah. Like, it came out when nobody was asking for it. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, sometimes that works out to people's benefit. Like, we didn't know we wanted this, and that can work out great. But this movie, as much as I love it, and I think it's a really good movie, it was not good enough to make that, like, splash of, like, holy shit, I didn't know I needed this in my life. It wasn't that flash in a pan like the new new show is. Right, yeah. 
and it was all new characters. Like we had April and Casey Jones and the Turtles and Splinter, but not we didn't recognize any of the villains. Is that someone from? Yeah, Cry was in. Uh, she was in the comics for one, but so, I'm not but sure. I if think she's that's ever in the where show. where it fell flat for a lot of people because it was a con- continuation. It wasn't anything like new per se. Like they didn't redo no. anything. They started from the last movie and then brought in characters from the comic books, which you kind of lose two sets of people with that. Because Ryan didn't know any of these characters, so then you lose people there because right. they think they're going to know what's going on. And then a lot of people didn't really pay attention to the third film, so they don't understand That's true. all the rep- the things that would happen afterwards. Yeah, it's, 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 it was a weird idea to go for that whole like post-third movie kind of. Like it's kind of yeah. post-third movie because yeah. April's no longer a reporter. Now yeah. she's a museum curator. She's an archaeologist. Archaeologist. Like, so like they kind of wanted it to be part four, but then also kind of not. So it's yeah. a weird option. So but it's I, like that's where you lose a lot of people with that because then they feel left out and they feel confused and then they're like, ah, whatever. Now, as much as I agree with you, I think one of the best things about Ninja Turtles is that like, at least as far as most diehard fans go, they don't really give a shit about where things start or where they begin. Like the origin story changes all the fucking time. It's a great yeah. movie for diehard fans, but a lot of people with Turtles just kind of like the car. Like that one dude I had the conversation with you with, but I said, like, did you see this? Did you see this? And because he, he told me like turtles, he's like, no, I'm a '90s guy. I just like the original cartoon, and I sure. told him that's stupid. But that's not stupid at all. It, it is stupid when you say you're a huge fan, like oh, a yeah. diehard fan, like what yeah. Brian is, and like he's telling me that, and he's like, well, no, I just like the original cartoon. I'm like, then you're not a diehard fan. You oh, just like yeah. the '90s cartoon. It's just phrasing. <laughs> poser, poser, poser. Yeah. Yeah. Turtles poser. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, for this movie, I agree with you. I, I think it was kind of a weird, very weird surprise got greenlit, greenlit idea of kind of a 3.5, not really 4, but kind mm. of 4. Was um, anything else animated at the time that was really kind of big? Because I feel like there was also a dip in kind of no. This animation was that wasn't this was kind of at the the high point of animation. This one like this was the Pixar year before Wally. So then uh, it was probably yeah. just yeah a different kind of animation people wanted. They were yeah. like, oh, animated yeah. turtles. That's not Pixar. This That's was not the year Disney. between Cars and Wally. Yeah. <laughs> so this one should have been great. People liked Cars <laughs> for some reason. Cars isn't that bad though. Because Pixar. Yeah. This? No. Cars is fun. Cars is simple. Wow, we just took a major dump on cars over the course of that. Cars is fine. It's it's fun. It's simple. Well, shoot, <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> it's the one you go to when you want to feel safe. So, aside from the fact that this is like kind of a sequel, kind of a, a reimagining, you know, what did you guys think of the plot of this thing? The, my favorite thing about the plot of this movie that I think really, really works well is I love the the retired turtles, like the retired yeah. Ninja Turtles. I love. I almost would have watched an entire movie of them. I mean, nobody else would have, but I kind of liked <laughs> Donnie working in IT. I liked mm-hmm. uh, Michelangelo not knowing what to do with his life, so becomes a, a comedic version of himself. Mm-hmm. He yeah. is Dan Aykroyd at the start of Ghostbusters. Yep. Too. Yeah, <laughs> entirely. Yeah, yeah. I, I like that. I think that's kind of fun, and I think he's doing what he knows and yeah. he's making money off it. Go, Michelangelo. It was cool to see them post the most ma- like the major villain that they've ever faced. Well, like, really, I mean, the way the movie makes it appear, the only villain yeah. they face. Like, now that Shredder and the Foot are gone, we have nothing to do. Yeah. They don't bring in a Planet X at all. Like, that does not, nope. not a thing. No, no, they don't go for the mutants, uh, the mutagen sort of thing, really. I mean, they, beyond making them, it's not really a plot yeah. point. Uh, but I like that. I, but I, I also like the, uh, the it's kind of like the call to action of uh, we're not only as good as our greatest villain, we need to be the best heroes we can be. Mm-hmm. And I like that they 
the hole they need to save the city again. I, I kind of like that yeah. thing. That they need to shake the, the cobwebs off and go be heroes again. Uh, and I, I like the whole 13 monster things. I thought it was cool. I thought the beginning's a little meh. The whole uh, intro ancient times big army thing was kind of... It well, felt very... Uh, Mummy re- Returns. Yeah, the Mummy Returns. With a narrator yes. who would never come back. Lawrence Fishburne. Yeah. He had to go be uh, the sil- The yeah. Silver Surfer. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, I forgot about that. <laughs> So with that opening, just kind of laying out everything about this, this complete throwaway villain who you're never going to see again. This is just kind of a placeholder villain for the movie. This is this movie came out two years after Batman Begins, and it really feels like a post Christopher Nolan superhero movie. Yeah, I can see that. It's very dark in that they're holding the big gun for the sequel. They're not giving us Shredder in this first movie. They, as you yeah. mentioned, they yeah. tease him at the end, just right. like Batman Begins did with Joker. Right. Had the playing card at the end, but because they unload this avalanche of exposition with us at the beginning, explaining the King and what he's doing, I think when you mentioned Mummy Returns, that's very apt. But like the Mummy Returns had The Rock, who <laughs> that was kind of his first movie. I think, but he was still like a figure in pop culture and it was exciting to see him do his first movie as opposed to this where it just feels completely generic nonsense. And even when you find out that the the villain is voiced by Patrick Stewart, it's just a humongous cognitive dissonance because the villain is this big hulking guy and Patrick Stewart is not (laughs) (laughs) it's so recognizable too yeah Yeah, it so clearly sounds like patrick stewart with sarah michelle geller as april summers she looks like buffy summers april (laughs) o'neill she april (laughs) o'neill looks like buffy summers there we go combined it so there's okay i get it then you have chris evans who doesn't really add much I liked it. Chris Evans. I thought he did a great job masking his voice. He didn't really sound like Chris Evans. I don't know if he has a super distinctive voice. I think he does. I mean, and him and Sarah Michelle Gellar, I think I feel the same way about. Sarah Michelle Gellar sounds exactly like Sarah Michelle Gellar talking into a microphone. Yeah. <laughs> but Chris Evans just doesn't really sound like anything, really, I, because did, he's an actor. He's not a voice actor. They, right. did, they did well enough to where, like, when I first saw it, I didn't recognize it was them until the credits. I was like, oh, oh see, that makes I sense. I picked up Sarah Michelle Gellar immediately, but Chris mm-hmm. Evans, I didn't. I and mean, I think, yeah. uh, especially now post-Marvel, uh, like, we're, we're very used to Chris Evans' voice as Captain America. The right. fact that I still don't pick it out immediately, I think, shows that he did a pretty good job voice acting this. Yeah. He's not um, the disappointment. Nathan Drake, but... The disappointment with him wasn't even really his fault. It's just like Casey Jones' character in this movie is just kind of bland. He's mm-hmm. kind of a klutz and then has a cute moment at the end because of his klutziness. But yeah, it's he's like a, a cartoon he, of the movies. Kind of. Casey right. Jones is a good character for like serialization where you can do a lot more with him and explore his relationship with April. But in terms of like a movie, and I haven't seen the Stephen Amell interpretation of this character uh-huh. in <laughs> this summer's yeah, I haven't either. TMNT 2 film, but in terms of a movie, he just feels like an extra guy just on the margins because you already have four superheroes that you need to contend with over the running time and give them all their own arcs that resolve satisfactorily by the end. So yeah, he is just kind of the klutz, the background guy yeah. who's there because April needs somebody to bone. But I still I think just, at the same time, they, they kind of 
went further into his relationship with Raphael. Even yeah. down to, even led him to like Raphael falling asleep at his story. He's like, hey man, it's okay. Like he was he was actually kind of there for Raphael. I mean, I think a lot of times, uh, especially with not really the comics nowadays, but uh, back in the day when they were first kind of starting out, not, not the original, the the current run. Uh, uh, Casey Jones really is at his best when he's just being Raphael's best friend. Yeah. Yeah. And this movie nailed it in one or two scenes. And right. I think that's kind of where I agree with what Elliot's saying, where he could have been better if they just kind of kept him more relegated to that as opposed to that plus Klutz plus April O'Neil's fuck buddy. Yeah. Uh, and it, it's just, I don't think he's the weakest thing in the movie, but he is kind of like, he, they could have done more. But I feel that every time I see Casey Jones, with the exception of the current comic run and the current uh, show on Nickelodeon. Who just did something completely different with Casey Jones, but it works for the show. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, was the, he in the episode we I watched with you? No, he's not. I didn't no. think so. I always liked him as like an anti-hero. I always felt like he was like you know the sidekick who like has slightly lower morals than the turtles, and he doesn't follow Splinter's teachings, and he's just kind of a the wild card. Yeah, he has been that since the nineties. That, that's yeah. how I liked yeah. him, and they yeah. kind of took it that character he was in the movies, where he was kind of like a bro wild card, and turned it into a klutz for this, and mm-hmm. I didn't like it. Yeah. Was this in line with his appearance in Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles three though? Because he doesn't really do anything in that movie. I don't I no, he, he, he had more to do in this than he did in that. Yeah, yeah. that then one he was like, really, "Hey guys!" Yeah, that one he's just there, to be like, "Hey." He's kind of like the me? wacky neighbor from like a contractually obligated appearance. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, in this one, he, because of those good moments, like it's more, it's more apparent the problems. Like yeah. in this one, there's more problems because he's, they actually try with him. Whereas in the third Turtles movie, he's just yeah, comedic relief. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this one, it's kind of like a the age old like one step forward, two steps back. Because right. you got that step forward, the two steps back are much more noticeable. Right. Well, in this movie, compared to the turtle stuff when I was a kid, April is a much more proactive character. When I was a kid with the '80s cartoon, April was very much the person who either delivers the exposition or the exposition is told to her. Or she is the damsel in distress. Yeah. Right. And now in the modern incarnation, she's a lot more proactive. In this uh, in this movie, she's wearing a ninja outfit. Well, you can, yeah, point. you can definitely tell that this. She is sword. She's a trained yeah. fighter. She yeah. just runs right into danger. Like her character in this movie is so much better than any other. I one. mean, and just casting Sarah Michelle Gellar as her speaks volumes. Oh, yeah. True. And I, I can't nail this down. I was trying to look it up earlier. The first time she actually became a fighter, I believe it was in a. Uh, the second cartoon series uh and this movie really ran with it but i I like that she's no longer just the klutzy reporter unless you're watching the paramount movies Mm -hmm. Um, they started doing things with the character when like yeah i mean and they even again i can't sing the the idw comics praises enough but like they do a great thing where i don't think this movie does a bad thing or the cartoons or anything where they make april a fighter uh but i like that they in the comics going right now they've done a good thought good job of making her more of a a proactive female empowered character while not trying to make her just another fighter. Like she's just a smart, intelligent person where the turtles couldn't figure shit out without her, but they didn't have to make her yet another ninja. Is she basically Lois Lane? Uh, more like a Margot Kidder, Lois Lane of which super is smart. Lois Lane. Yeah. Th- fair enough. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, th- that's kind of where she is in the comics now. Whereas this movie, I still like this interpretation of, uh, April O'Neil. I think it's kind of fun. She's spunky, smart, and, uh, a good fighter like she holds her own against the foot clan which is pretty cool it's one thing that's strange to me is it seems like april and casey in this movie know the turtles better than they know themselves in a way because none of the other turtles can find leo and then she finds leo in the middle of a forest she finds sees the signs and everything oh the leo's here the brothers couldn't figure that out 
And then with Raphael. But the brothers weren't trying. Yeah, yeah, that's true. But also the thing that annoyed me so much with Raphael, not yeah, with Raphael about him being a vigilante on his own, and they just complain that he sleeps all day. Ah, Raphael's not doing anything. But Casey Jones knows immediately. Yeah, he's the vigilante at night. Night stalker. He's yeah. night stalker. And Casey Jones never questioned it. It was so obvious. And to me, I'm like, well, shouldn't the brothers have known that too? But they're so wrapped up in their own thing. Like, yeah, they're, they're so that's, lost. At that's this, speaking like, more volumes to what they're going through. Of they're the, not, the brothers are just so divided. Yeah, they're not in each other's Michelangelo's got this giant foam head on. Can't <laughs> see, clearly. Well, having multiple siblings, there is kind of an element of that. I'm removed from the equation. So, mm-hmm. like, I don't know what they're up to at, at any given time. There's kind right. of a sense of, like, displacement among the siblings. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. I totally get Like, yeah. My brothers wouldn't necessarily know where I'm at or what I'm doing or You don't live care. together in a sewer. No, we don't live together in a sewer either. But they're not always trying to keep up or trying to find me. If, right. Like, if I were in trouble, you know, they wouldn't necessarily the, know. The general feeling that they're all just completely ignoring each other, yeah. which is yeah. really sad for a family. Yeah, and it's really sad for the turtles, which are always known as stronger together. Yeah. And but I the one thing I really liked in that opening where they're not paying attention to what each other's are doing, it, the thing that I think they probably should have picked up on is Donnie is IT, and he's walking around. Uh, Michelangelo is the party guy. He's just kind of hanging out. And then Raph, who's supposedly just sleeping all day, is the only one who's still walking around armed. Mm-hmm. He's the only one who has his weapons on him at all times. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of like a cool little subtle yeah. thing to show that he's not thrown in the towel. He's not giving up. He's still a vigilante. And I thought that was... Which is funny because he is the classic first one to give up. He's the first one to give up on being a team. He's right. not the first yeah. one to give up on the fight. Oh, and that's the, true. the really yeah. sad thing is then with all that, then you really get the sense that Splinter gave up. Yeah. Because he's the father and with like your quote, I don't want to ruin it by saying it, but... He's just paying attention to something else completely and not paying attention to his sons then. Yeah. But didn't he send Leo on a mission? Yeah. The worst. That's one thing that annoys. A South American dictator in a jungle. He keeps saying, I sent you to be a better leader. So the best version of being a better leader is go be isolated in a forest by yourself. It's I'm a jungle. sorry. Well, and I you think don't that's understand ninjas. Jungle. That's how they work. I think that's an interesting take to put Splinter in that he's not exactly the perfect leader or right. the perfect father where a lot of the iterations are like, he is the most wise. He yeah. could just take on the bad guys all by himself and the turtles aren't necessarily needed. Like in the new iteration, I like this player because he's so wise and he's the source of all the wisdom, but right. this is an older and t- tired Splinter. Yeah. A, a yeah. Parent I think the had... actor died like two years later. <laughs> yeah. Not even two years. I, he, he was great. I love out. this iteration of Splinter and the, the drawing is great too. Yeah. And it's just, it's, it's an interesting take on a character who is usually perceived as kind of like the better yeah. character out of all of them. Just wisdom and skill wise. He's tired. He's a tired parent <laughs> when you have multiple... Mm-hmm. multiple children that's a, that's a reality coming from a dad yep <laughs> with just one kid and his portrayal is the only source of animation problem i have during this i know it doesn't bother a lot of other people but it's annoying to me that he looks like a fox and not a rat i don't know why it doesn't bother me it's it, it was one of those things where it's like no splinter's a rat yeah, yeah but he looks like a fox i know it yeah yeah but but he's, he's a rat and i like it it's like very aesthetically pleasing to me yeah, i, I really cool. hate the it, the current animated version Oh, for the new movies? Yeah. No, for the new... Uh, it's a TV show? TV show. Oh, I love but he looks like show. a rat. He looks like a cuddly, wonderful rat that I want to fight with. Yeah, Coming but from the mother of a rat. I like him as... Adopted like, mother. <laughs> the, the true, I love it. The true rat queen. I like him as a short, brown, old-looking, frail leader. I don't like him as like this uh, super great posture, like younger-looking dojo kind of guy. Well, they're all younger in the new show. Look, you got to yeah. age down Aunt May. You got to age down Splinter. 
Mm-hmm. Oh, it's Hot Splinter. That's what he is in yep. the new show. Hot Splinter. Boom. I have a question. Shoot. Raphael wants to continue being a vigilante, even though the rest of the team doesn't, I guess. Why does Raphael need to dress like a different vigilante and just instead just being himself? So probably to hide it from them. Yeah, he's yeah. trying Why? to hide it from his brothers. Uh, they don't try to stop I, it. I They're, disagree with all this. I think it's because he's a teenager and he wants to look cool. Yeah. That too. Uh, hmm. Okay. If, <laughs> if, if he wants to look cool, I can't argue with that. I but think that's all what it is. But there is that element. They're all teenagers and sometimes we kind of forget that until they do like really childish things. Yeah. Yeah. And Raph, is, this iteration, but Raph like, is very vain as well. So yeah. it yeah. kind of makes sense. I want to look like a cool badass guy. Just, he's vain. The other question still. I have is how did Raph build that? Delany is much more that. the technological yeah, yeah. person. Yeah, you just can't he didn't need things. to build it. He just slapped stuff together. Oh, no. Yeah. That was a working exoskeleton. That's true. I also think it may have been a level of, well, I'm out here all by myself without my brothers to back me up, so I need armor. Yeah, that could be. He doesn't have anyone he to fall back shot. on anymore. Yeah. Yeah. He was already thrown through true. a roof of a building. Right. Like he's, he's well aware of what the foot can do <laughs> to just one turtle. I, I will say that in terms of the teenage aspect of the turtles, that's the one thing that I never really feel. Right. Because they do just feel like they're they're in their twenties, at least. When it comes Which, to teenagers, they should be a lot spunkier, younger. I know they're they're goofy. They get less goofy as time goes on in multimedia adaptations, but it just they never hit me as teenagers. They hit in me this movie as specifically? Just in general, like throughout all of the incarnations. Like they've always just seemed like grown ups or like kind young of, adults yeah. at least, like in this, we see Michelangelo and Donatello doing the exact same kind of jobs that people do when they're in their 20s. And they aren't building careers that last for them, but these are just like this easy paychecks. The yeah, fourth I, film that right. they're not teenagers anymore. Yeah, no, th- that kind of makes sense to me in this one. If they were like 21, 22 at this point, it really wouldn't surprise me. They're yeah. not going to change the name of the movie to 20-year-old. But no. they still got that mentality. They're still kind of... They haven't made. They haven't made that shift to adulthood yet. They're still kind of in that. Yeah. No, they're no still zone. living in their parents' house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Twenty yeah. something Ninja Turtles. Just twenty something <laughs> mutant Ninja Turtles doesn't roll off the tongue. No, it does not. So that got canceled. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how long did it take the Teen Titans to turn into just the Titans? Maybe that's why Young it's called Justice. just yeah. TMNT instead of Teenage because the that T very well stands be. for twenty something. It could be. Boom. Yeah, because I I. Uh, I disagree as far as the Nickelodeon show goes. I think they're definitely feeling like teenagers oh, there. Especially like the, the dumb crush that Donatello has on April O'Neil. And like all it does is take her to talk to him. And all of a sudden he has like little hearts around him. He's like, oh. Yeah. Michelangelo's obsession with video games and comics is great. Yeah. 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 I think that one feels more like teenagers. But I agree with you on this one. They don't feel like it. But I don't think they were supposed to necessarily. Beyond yeah, just be. what I was saying about Raphael wanting to look cool. But tell me a 20-year-old that doesn't want to look cool as well. Oh, you always want to look cool. I don't at 30. I gave up. No, you didn't. I totally did. I'm wearing a Ninja Turtle shirt right now. And you look cool. <laughs> Looking cool. <laughs> didn't even try. In my $10 jeans I bought from Sears. <laughs> nice. When, did... when I was a teenager. What? When did you spend $10? <laughs> I just don't even know when you went to Sears. It was a while ago. Where was Sears? Is there <laughs> one here? Produced yeah, Thursday. It's in the mall down from yeah. us. Oh. After the hype, come to you by Sears. <laughs> But not the robot part. Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So who haven't we talked about? We haven't talked about really Leonardo much. We need to talk about him, don't we? He is kind of fine. He's grumpy. He's he is more grumpy than usual. So He's so grumpy. Liked- He's almost more grumpy than Raphael in this movie. I liked that he had a little bit of um, arrogance to him when he came back. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm better. Like, it's interesting to see what what kind of faults they put on Leonardo. Like, mm-hmm. especially in the new Turtles movie, how he was just like, I can't lead these jerks. Like, I, yeah. he's so frustrated. And I was like, that was so cool to see that 
the leader is getting all the blame. He's the one who you look to, but he's got his own kind of like flaws. And I liked that when he was fighting against Raph, he was like, I'm better than you. And he wasn't, he's not, well, but like, it's interesting to see those come through on his, on the iteration of his character. I've always yeah. seen Leonardo as that type. Like he's just the Cyclops of this like sort yeah, of thing. Yeah. That's, that's a good way to, it's a good parallel. Uh, but yeah, I agree. I, I like that he, uh, he needs to be the one in charge. And at this point, because he left so long, because he technically failed at his mission in the jungle, they don't follow him anymore. And it drives him up the wall. Uh, They should, but they need, he needs to get his shit together. And the way he gets his shit together is getting the shit kicked out of him by Raph. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. You can't be a good leader without just people wanting to be led by you. And when you essentially abandon your family, even though whether or not Splinter said to go, you stayed down there for a long time. It's supposed to be a year. He's gone longer. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just like, you have to earn that back. And he thought he was just going to walk all into it. And that's not how it works. No, not even with family. And I think that's. (laughs) The one thing Turtles always does really well is the whole family aspect yeah. of it. But this one, the the fact that he hurt them, I think, is really apparent. Even though they never full-blown say that we felt abandoned by you. But well, it's, through- it's four dudes. They're not really going to say. Right. Yeah, exactly. But I, I like that the movie was, it's a strong choice to make that like a a theme in the movie that they felt abandoned. And they didn't want to follow him anymore. And they kind of make fun of him for it. They call, like Mikey calls him Jungle Boy at one point. Like. I like that scene where he's yeah. like, he's like, he gives him a command. He's like, yeah, right, Jungle Boy, and then yeah. they, they jump away, and it's just like, mm-hmm. that's nice. that's cool to see. Yeah, like it's glossed over, but it, it does. But the, it's kind of this whole thing that we keep hitting on is that this movie went for a very kind of I agree with what Elliot was saying, kind of post Nolan dark take on the turtles, which the turtles have always been kind of dark. I mean, they started out as a mature comic. Yeah, look they, at those first panels; they're yeah, so dark. They're, they're bloody. They're dark. They swear all the time. So it kind of it's a almost a return to form while also packaging it in like this kid friendly way. It's a very odd choice. Yeah, it's, that may have uh, been its downfall a little bit. Yeah, it didn't know who his audience was. It dealt Definitely, with, yeah. dealt I, with a lot of themes that kids are just not going to connect to. Right. Yeah, I saw this at the theater with my friend Drew after school one day, I believe, and. I remember very clearly, you know, we went to see this movie and one of the trailers before the movie was Underdog, <laughs> which is yeah. the movie where Jason Lee voices this little dog in a superhero costume and there are shots of the dog flying around the city. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, if that's the environment this movie is coming into, the environment of Disney's Underdog, mm-hmm. then it's kind of just trying to appeal to two audiences mm-hmm. of turtles that's a kid thing it's a cartoon you guys will love it but we're also making it like moody and intense and including south american dictators for (laughs) for grown-ups it's just like the people who are going to see this are you know college students who are most likely going to torrent it online for free so this was just kind of a kind of a doa movie it just kind of seems like which is Unfortunate because, like you were saying, I think the animation is really incredible. Mm-hmm. It still kind of holds up today. It's oh. not perfect, yeah. but it's still great. My yeah. favorite, My favorite part. moment in this whole movie is when Leonardo and Raph are fighting in the it's, rain. Man, uh-huh. they put all their time perfect. and effort into that. It's really good. <laughs> not all their time and effort. That's that's too mean. But that one point, that's man, the, they made it look good. That's the most tactile uh, a CG animated yeah. film has ever been for me. That yeah. rain scene is yeah. like, oh, that felt You're like feel it. Yeah. yeah. But on top of that, it's a good scene. Like it's not just that it's well animated. Like it's a it's a good emotional punch scene. Mm-hmm. 
which granted in a kids movie still feels a little weird but yeah. but it's still it's a great like every like the the chase up to it i love the reveal of raf's helmet come flying off mm-hmm. all of it was great and then the full like the the lethal nature of it when they actually pull out their fucking stabbing and gutting weapons mm-hmm. before it was just a fist fight like that's uh, yeah that that scene is near Brian, perfect what do you think of the villain you notice we haven't talked about him much? <laughs> yeah, I think that nobody did. I'm Which, sure. It's the sassy bear in the room. <laughs> <laughs> the villain in this movie is their relationship. Right. No, it, the, the villain the, the, that Ellie is asking the, about is Patrick Stewart. I know. And I think but that's he's, what I mean. He's, so, like, he's such a back... He's a backstory to their story. What is the villain's yeah. name? And if, if the villain... Winters. 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 Yeah. Okay, great. So I know Winters because Winters? my favorite line, or second favorite line in the movie is, Winters! More like fall. Get it? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that was a great one. Yeah. That um, Michelangelo can still land him, guys. That is such a great, horrible joke from Michelangelo. It's a good one. <laughs> yeah. But go ahead. Uh, the might bring it back to Power Rangers for a yeah. second. The original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie with Kimberly. Have a nice trip. See you next fall. Like she owns that joke. Can't <laughs> step on it. That's such a great. I completely forgot about that. I'm so ashamed. But it's such a great moment. Um, but no. But yeah. Winter. As a whole, Winters he's boring. Like, he Super doesn't do lame. shit. They should. Even the monsters are lame. Uh, the monsters, I think, look cool. But they, they look cool. But they're lame. They you, needed like three monsters. You guys mentioned that maybe jokingly, the Kevin Smith diner cook scene was the best scene in the movie. Yeah. But like legit, the battle between. Raphael Nightstalker and that little red demon monster. Thing, <laughs> oh yeah! It suddenly became like Gremlins or a Tex uh-huh. Avery cartoon. That was yeah. so cute. And I was, I was into it. Like they're hitting each other with frying pans yep. and the Black Betty song in the I, background. Yep, I came yeah. back for that. Yeah. This <laughs> movie, like, unlike something like, um, you know, let's compare it to Civil War, mm-hmm. where the villain was uh, kind of like had a hand in the falling of the hero team. That kind, would have been you, cool. You said that perfectly. With kind of had a hand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. it was a very pouty hand uh, he kind of had it he was kind of poking at it yeah yeah <laughs> kind of no the whole way it was all his doing and sure <laughs> I'll, I'll agree do, to disagree do, with that do, one you don't think that about civil war not at all oh, okay. not, not even remotely all right <laughs> hey we're dog piling uh, on turtles today. yeah 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 that's fine um i so, appreciate what they tried to do with the switcheroo but it just the whole villain plot was so already from the start not that interesting that it no. made it harder to be like well, okay winter is cool more turtle stuff more honestly turtle stuff. the the smarter movie would have been Karai is the main villain yeah. and the monsters that resurrect the uh, minute Splinter. she's on screen I was like oh that's that's the villain yeah and then she leaves the movie and it's like it oh you're not the beautiful who's version the of Karai uh-huh. yeah I like this uh, I really like this oh version she was the better villain for sure yeah, yeah. but yeah. if they'd made her the villain and the monster whole plot they could have kept that plot yeah and they just need to get the monsters in there to resurrect uh, Shredder and then you have a very good movie absolutely Absolutely. No. Yeah. I'm seeing that in my brain now. Yeah, it would have like been a, better. Yeah. But yeah, no, you're you're not wrong. Winters is a boring snooze. And he's just kind of there to have the plot happen, and then he's gone. And Patrick Stewart yeah, is doing totally his best arbitrary. like oblivion role. Yeah. They tried yeah. to have it as a parallel because according Winters, excuse me, is supposed to have learned a lot from his mistakes over mm-hmm. the last three thousand years, mm-hmm. and how he needs to end the cycle and end war and end end their suffering of being immortal. Uh, and it's but he's doing it for his family. He's like you can't, ch- you don't just have your friends when not they're his family. And they try to reflect that between them and the turtles, because the turtles end up coming together, but then their family falls apart, 
And it just didn't work so well as what they were hoping for, I imagine, because we didn't connect to them at all. Well, and when the credits roll, that's where you're like, oh, they're a family too. Like, that's not doesn't gel as well. Yeah. The whole reversal. Yeah. Like, that's actually a smart thing to do. But in here, you're just like, oh, wait, those are a family. Mm -hmm. Like, they kind of, the lines are throwaway. Don't really buy the portrayal of like, I've been here for Mm -hmm. 3,000 years. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To kind of speak to the theme of this, like my, I think where it kind of like didn't meet expectations is we have now grown to love like the Pixar model, which is we're going to make this movie that's a fun ride for kids and we're going to write some jokes that might go over their heads, but the their parents are going to love them. And even like Toy Story 3 had such a great uh, arc and plot and jokes in the Lego movie too. And even I think the new cartoon on Nickelodeon does it better where like... This movie was like, hey, we're going to have this awesome ride for kids and we're going to make it kind of dark for adults. No, I I want you to make some jokes that I appreciate and like not try to make a movie for a high schooler like this. I think the target audience for this movie was like 11 to 14. And that's a really, really small audience. See, I would say it's more than that. I would say it's more like 15 to 25. It just wasn't. I I just I feel like the only thing for kids was the fact that it was called TMNT. Yeah. Um, and there's a few toys out, but it's just, it, none of this movie really rings kids to me. But I would have I would have a way more uh, fun time watching this as a kid who grew up like watching Indiana Jones and like these kind of like darker action films and you know whatever than uh, than an adult who's kind of gotten over it and and would rather watch the Expendables just, or like a movie that's it was that just such a, plot. a yeah. weird time because we had already given up on the, the the two shows that came out before those weren't yeah. really watched. No one was watching them, right. so it was like they couldn't necessarily predict that we'd be there for it i mean the right. fans would be there but it's like well who are our fans now like <laughs> yeah. there's kind of a on a macro level of like what's our audience right. <laughs> for this which is unfortunate yeah but you know but you know i still i still liked it <laughs> and i think that's the perfect segue into quotes 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 nice <laughs> yeah you know i still segue like man <laughs> cowbunga dude uh so i'm gonna go first with my quote because i can't find the one that i want on uh imdb which is too bad but i don't remember exactly that phrase so i'm not going to ruin it uh so the other line is uh it comes when they're trying to explain what's going on with the monsters in the city to everybody going on and out of nowhere michelangelo perfectly explains what's going on oh so it's like Haley's comment only with monsters coming out <laughs> yeah um well yes i guess so and michelangelo goes ha i'm smart it's <laughs> <laughs> a great line and then undercuts himself immediately. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Then he crashes on his <laughs> skateboard, but whatever. My favorite is uh, from Donatello. He's uh, examining the... It was a dart, right, that they were shot with? And right, yeah. It says... Uh, he, he goes out loud, This has Winter's name written all over it. And April <laughs> says, How can you tell? And he says, Because it has Winter's name written all over it. It literally <laughs> says Winter's on the side <laughs> of the dart. <laughs> oh, that's a good one, too. Uh, mine's just Casey Jones. Uh when he goes to approach Night Watcher for the first time and the Night Watcher is trying to do a big reveal, it takes his helmet yeah. off and he's like, how did you know it was me? And Casey Jones is like, it wasn't that hard, man. You look like a big metal turtle. Oh yeah, we've all been thinking it the <laughs> whole time. pretty obvious. There's yeah. <laughs> no disguise. Uh, that's a good one. Maybe everyone was just willingly ignorant about the fact that he was the Night Watch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I like the, the scene where Raphael is trying to get Casey Jones to come to the roof with him. He's like, meet me on the roof. What is it? You know the roof. <laughs> you know where the roof is, don't you? <laughs> Pushy sidekick, and I was like, "There's some of that sarcasm in there," yeah. which the movie didn't have a, enough of it. But yeah, it's still that that moment. I was like, "Oh, that's yeah, Raphael. That's that's funny." And who can hit sarcasm better than Nathan Drake? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Elliot, you had a favorite quote? 
Did they say Cowabunga or Turtle Power? Uh, they said Cowabunga. They never Boom, said Turtle Cowabunga. Power. <laughs> they, they also made sure to say at the end, God, I love being a turtle. And that was Raphael, which was cool that he said that line. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. So the review system for today is going to be family-centric dramas. What's a family-centric drama? Uh, family. For example, I can go first. I'm going to go with Silver Linings Playbook. <laughs> Is that family-centric? It absolutely is still family-centric. I haven't seen it. You never saw Silver Linings? Okay. No. Okay, so it's still Bradley Cooper and his family, and he's kind of the the Raphael, if you will, in this movie. He's kind of... Or actually, no, he'd be more Leonardo. He had to go out and do his own thing, to learn to be a better person, then came back to the family to kind of bring the family back together, but it's all in shambles anymore, and it doesn't work out. But it's all about family coming together and knowing what you want in life, either to dance or to fight crime. I can hear the audience rolling their eyes at me. <laughs> Does it have to be a drama? No, I guess not. Lots okay. of things are drama- dramatic. Yeah. <laughs> drama. Like, like, your, pronunci- like your pronunciation the- of dramatic? <laughs> yeah. That's not even how you say drama. <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Drama. Drama. I got one. Go. I'll go with the Christopher Columbus film Stepmom. Okay. Because that is a movie that kind of put me to sleep, but <laughs> someone I know in my life really loves it. <laughs> that's Ouch. Great. I love it. I, Hot damn, that's a good one. We just got his true feelings about this movie. I was a little on the fence about how you felt. No, his review system came in loud and clear. <laughs> That's going into the notes as hey, all caps. Hey, man, like, I've got my feelings on my shelf. <laughs> I like that Chewie's just looking for a movie on the yeah, shelf. Yeah, no, I'm also out of... All right, I'm going to go all with right. one. Uh, 2010's Karate Kid. <laughs> because it was a franchise film that the audiences didn't know they wanted, and it turns out they didn't. <laughs> Well, I, that one would have done a lot better if they hadn't put Jaden Smith in it. And that's where the family drama comes in. Yeah, that's okay. He's only in it because he's in a family. Because <laughs> fucking Jackie Chan's casting was spot on. I actually I didn't even see it because I didn't <laughs> want it so bad. Uh, I'd watch it for Jackie Chan. I'd right, actually give it a shot just for him. Yeah, uh, I if you know if the annals of cinema were burning to the ground and I had to either save TMNT or the Karate Kid remake. Do not finish that thought. Just <laughs> don't finish it. <laughs> and Elliot's doing his podcast alone this week. Hope you brought your own equipment, bitch. <laughs> Hope you know how to use it. <laughs> Everyone knows how to use Brian's equipment. It just kind of gets passed around. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to choose Flipper because, honestly, I don't watch a lot of family dramas that would even fit, so... Fair enough. Flipper's the closest thing. And what do you jerk off to? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we'll see you next week. <laughs> For all feedback, <laughs> it's escape ELL on <laughs> True, you gotta come. Yeah, something. Okay, the only thing I can think of, I don't, I'm not sure how I'm going to tie it in, but it's a movie I really enjoy. A Christmas Vacation. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> oh, how do these relate? Because <laughs> it's all about the leader of the family, okay. Jimmy Chase, bringing them all back together. 
and he's just desperate to make it work and he really wants them to respect him for who he is but he can't quite get it to work because the lights won't actually turn on whenever he wants them to mm-hmm. and you got this side villain in the next door with uh julia dreyfus mm-hmm. uh and every now and then they kind of get in the way but not really <laughs> uh and after they defeat the squirrel uh they all they get rid of a fire they get rid of uh, the big bad mean boss, and they all come together in the big family at the end. Nice. Wow, so you win the review game. That's yeah, pretty for great. Just straight up bullshitting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. It was the first thing I thought of, but I kept trying to think. No, I could think of something better. <laughs> nah, that worked. That worked. That worked way too well. Awesome. <laughs> uh, okay, so for plugs for today, so stick around after plugs for the answer to this question. Hopefully, everyone here can answer it. Uh, the only villain we really ever get to see in Ninja Turtles is Shredder. Who do we want to see next time that isn't Shredder? And I'm going to throw in Krang as well. Not Krang or Shredder. Throw in a legit TMNT villain that we've never seen in theaters before. So you can follow us, like I said before, at Facebook at After the Hype, Twitter, ATH underscore podcast. uh, Everywhere else is ATH podcast. And reaches at Gmail at ATH podcast at gmail.com. I'm not going to bother my plugs. Just follow our show. John? Uh, You can find me at Movie Guy John on most things. Cool. Ryan? I used to give up my Instagram, but then just a bunch of porn stars started following me, so I'm not going to. No, anymore. that's funny. <laughs> Perfect. Most places, Chewy9, all one word, spelled out. Cool. And Elliot? On Twitter as Escape ELL, and then I do two podcasts the Sci Fi Audio Play Beyond School and the superhero television show, Superhero Sampler. Which we will be on tomorrow. Woo! Yeah, if whether, it plays whether, well. Whether you want it or not. <laughs> if it works. <laughs> Yay! Okay, so answer that question. Which villain from all of TMNT do we want to see in movies? And I'm going to go very, very easily uh, Rat King. Uh, You said in the movies? It's not in movies? This has to be a real TMNT Uh, villain? Real TMNT villain. Metalhead. Metalhead? Okay. I literally have none because they've either... Because my exposure to TMNT is the movies. That's so sad. I know. You watched the cartoon show. There were so many in the cartoon show. And I remember Baxter, and they threw him in the latest one. You haven't seen Baxter's The Fly. There you go. Hmm. That's what I want. I just want to see Karai really be an important character in the movies. Because she was in these last two live action ones, but she's just kind of like the side henchman thing. I'm like, no, Karai can be really cool. Yeah. Use her. Have her do things. Not just be the one saying, get in the van! <laughs> Elliot? I don't know if this is a good guy or bad guy, but I had a Ninja Turtles toy that was a garbage man who... He's, he's a good guy. Okay. He's, well, he's kind of he, half and half. He, yeah. So the half <laughs> of his body composed of trash can be the villain that takes over the good part of his brain. But the reason I want him is because he had this garbage can that would stick into his back. And then he had this little sidekick who was like, he had eye stalks right. and he was this little green guy. I called him Booger. I don't know if that's <laughs> actually his name. It was Booger and Muckman in terms of like my toy playtime adventures. That guy would be a visual feast for the eyes. Yes. Uh, so with that, uh, thank you to Elliot for coming out this week. Woo! Sure. <laughs> and bye! Bye! bye.